Grace and mercy, power and peace are yours today and every day through our Savior Jesus. It was April 1917 when the news swept through the nation. We're going to war. The United States had just declared war on the Central Powers and entered the First World War. But there was a problem. They needed soldiers. The U.S. was entering the largest conflict the world had ever seen. The war to end all wars, they were calling it. And the other armies had millions of soldiers each. But the U.S. only had 125,000. So they needed soldiers. They needed a lot of soldiers, and they needed them right now. But where do you find millions of soldiers when you're up against the clock? The answer was an unlikely source. The answer was an illustrator. An illustrator by the name James Flagg. James Flagg designed a poster to help recruit soldiers for the army. His poster was quite simple. It featured one man and one message. The man had a white goatee and rather bushy eyebrows. He had long silver hair under a tall top hat and one powerful finger pointing at the viewer. The man's name was Uncle Sam, the symbolic figure for the United States. And Uncle Sam had one simple message. I want you for the U.S. Army. Uncle Sam said it quite clearly. You was in all capital letters. I want you, he said. And those simple, powerful posters proved quite effective. How could you walk away? When it wasn't just Uncle Sam, but your country that was calling. How could you say no when Uncle Sam was pointing right at you? So over two million men, moved and motivated by Uncle Sam's call to action, enlisted in the army and went to war. All because Uncle Sam, their beloved U.S., had a mission and wanted them. It's not just Uncle Sam who says, I want you. Today, that's God's message for you. God wants you to be his soldier. God wants you for his army because God has a mission just for you. See if you can identify that mission as we read again today's gospel from Matthew chapter 28 familiar words in which Jesus gives his great commission. Then Jesus came to his disciples and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. This is God's word. So did you hear it? Did you hear God's mission 
for you. Jesus said it quite plainly. God wants you to go and make disciples of all nations. That is your mission. But what exactly does that mean? What exactly is Jesus telling us to do? Well, a disciple is someone who learns, knows, and practices what their teacher tells them. So making disciples for Jesus means we help people learn, know, and practice what Jesus tells them. We use God's word and the sacrament of holy baptism to plant the seed of faith in a person's heart. But then we nourish that faith. We help it grow by teaching that person more and more about what God's word says, what it means for their daily life. We encourage that person to put their faith into practice with a Christian life. Jesus summed up what it means to make disciples with only three words. He said, baptize and teach so they can obey. Baptize, teach, obey. That's how you make disciples. Simple enough, right? Well, yes, it's simple, but that does not mean it's easy. Making disciples for Jesus is hard work. It takes hard work. In fact, you might even say it's war. It's war against Satan, who wants to silence and snuff out Scripture. It's war against the world, which tells you that God's word, it's outdated. It's useless. It's war against the sinful self which does not want to put faith into practice and does not want to obey God's word. And all of that makes our mission rather daunting. It's hard work. It takes hard work. It's war. But then you factor in our mission's target. Jesus said, go and make disciples of all nations. That's everyone on earth. No exceptions. And right now, everyone on earth is about 8 billion people. And of those 8 billion, over 5.5 billion of them are unbelievers who don't know about or don't believe in Jesus. That's a lot of people to go to. That's a lot of people to make disciples. That is a daunting task. But that's exactly why God wants you. You see, God makes disciples in a rather unique way. He doesn't just boom his voice down from heaven and make disciples like that. No, instead, he uses people. People like you. People like me. So in order to reach some 8 billion people with the good news of Jesus, in order to make disciples of that many people, God needs soldiers. God needs people to go and make disciples. God needs you to go and make disciples. So yes, yes, God wants you. It's you God wants. He doesn't want your excuses or your fears. 
And I think you know the kinds of excuses and fears I'm talking about. Just imagine yourself going and making disciples for Jesus. Picture yourself walking up to someone and in the conversation you work Jesus into the talk. Whether that is someone you know quite well or it's someone you just met more recently, picture yourself doing that. Imagine yourself sitting down with someone, paging through scripture together, perhaps explaining a part of God's word to them, walking them through scripture and showing them what God's word means for them. When you imagine yourself doing those things, it's really easy to get intimidated, to get overwhelmed, to get scared. You might feel like you're not equal to the task or up for the challenge. You might wonder where to begin or what to say. You might worry about people's reactions or rejections. And we come up with all sorts of reasons to say, I really shouldn't go and make disciples. In fact, the more I think about it, I really can't go and make disciples. And it sounds kind of scary the way you're talking about it, Pastor, so I changed my mind. I won't go. It's true, isn't it? When it comes time to make disciples for Jesus, far too often we are filled not with eagerness and excitement, but with excuses and fears. But you know what? Jesus knew we would feel that way. He knew that we would have fears and concerns, which would lead us to make excuses. So you know what Jesus did? He spoke to those fears and he calmed those concerns. That's why he prefaced his great commission the way he did. Do you remember how he began? He said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. With that simple statement, Jesus says that he has authority, the ability to do as he wants or wishes. And he doesn't just have some authority, he has all authority. Which, when you think about it, is really quite the statement by Jesus, isn't it? Just think back to the authority, the power that he displayed when he walked the earth. He calmed storms. He healed sick people. He raised the dead back to life. That's some serious power and authority. But now Jesus is saying that all of that was just a slice, a sliver, a sample of the full authority that he's now using. Now he's using all authority in heaven and on earth, all authority over armies and angels, over devils and demons, over lords and leaders, and nothing can stand in his way. And all of that authority is on your side. All of that authority stands behind you. So you can go and make disciples with the greatest confidence because the all-powerful Savior provides the power you need. The all-authoritative Savior provides the motivation you need. The almighty Savior provides the strength you need.
And that same Savior wants you to know that when you go and make disciples, you don't go alone. That's why Jesus ended his great commission the way he did. When he said, surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. When you go and make disciples for Jesus, it is not just you going. Your Savior goes with you every step of the way. He is by your side to dispel every doubt and discouragement, to calm every fear and worry, to strengthen every frailty and weakness. He will walk with you and work with you. He will protect you and encourage you, not just now, but always. Not just for a bit, but to the end of the age, not just for a while, but for all eternity. God wants you to go and make disciples, so God himself goes with you. And if all that weren't comforting enough, remember this. Before God wanted you to be his soldier, he first wanted you to be his child. So he went to great lengths to make that happen. He sent his son Jesus into this world who lived a perfect life in your place, who suffered hell in your stead, who died on the cross so that you wouldn't have to. All that, just to make you his child. But God didn't stop there. He kept going. He sent disciple makers into your life. He sent parents and pastors, teachers and mentors who baptized you and brought you to church, who taught you God's word, who helped you grow in faith and helped you find ways to put that faith into practice. All that just to make you his child. My friends, in Jesus, there is no doubt about it. God wants you, first and foremost, to be his child. He proved it 2,000 years ago with the life and death of Jesus, and he proves it every single day with the lives of the disciple makers he has placed around you. So now, with God's power behind you, his presence beside you, and proof of his love going before you, God wants you to go and make disciples. God wants you to unleash his word into this world. God wants you to bring his blessings to many more people. God wants you because, quite frankly, We need you. Right now, our church body needs hundreds, thousands, tens of thousands of everyday witnesses for the Savior. People who let the love of Jesus shine from their life into the lives of others. People who make it their business to share Christ with others on a regular basis. And right now, our church body especially needs more pastors in our churches 
more teachers in our Lutheran schools. I don't know if you've heard the latest numbers, but right now our church body needs 140 pastors. And in our Lutheran school system, we need about double that number of teachers. Just think about that for a moment. Over 400 churches and Lutheran classrooms that need a pastor, that need a teacher, that need a disciple maker, someone to help them become better disciple makers, and they don't have one. Do we get them what they need? That's where a school called Luther Preparatory School comes in. Luther Prep, the school that I work for and represent, is a high school owned and operated by our entire church body, which means whether you knew this or not, Luther Prep is actually your school. Located about a 13-hour drive from here in Watertown, Wisconsin, Luther Prep has one mission, to encourage high schoolers to become pastors, teachers, staff ministers, and witnesses for the Savior. About half of our students end up becoming pastors in churches, teachers in our Lutheran schools, or staff ministers serving God's people. The other half of our students will be amazing Christian leaders, lights for Christ in their homes and in their communities. Right now, about one out of three pastors in our church body and one out of four of our Lutheran teachers, they come from Luther Prep. And last school year, 28% of your teachers in training at Martin Luther College and 39% of your pastors in training at Wisconsin Lutheran Seminary, they are Luther Prep graduates. And I, I bring up those numbers not to sound braggy or to pat ourselves on the back, but to simply and humbly note, God is blessing the work of schools like Luther Prep. But still, we need more people. We need more soldiers in God's army. We need more disciple makers. And that's where you come in. God wants you to consider very carefully how your unique set of gifts and talents can be used to make disciples. There's a lot of ways you can do that. Young men of this church, God wants you to consider making disciples by being a pastor in one of our churches, a pastor who baptizes the young and the old, a pastor who, who teaches everything Jesus taught in the clearest possible way, a pastor who encourages believers to put their faith into practice. God wants you for that. The young women and young men of this church, God wants you to consider making disciples by being a teacher in one of our Lutheran schools, a teacher who can bring Jesus to small children and young students, a teacher who patiently explains God's word so that their students can understand it, a teacher who encourages believers of all ages to be lifelong learners of the Bible. 
God wants you for that. Everyone at this church, God wants you to consider how you can make disciples as an everyday witness for the Savior. My advice, start at home. Your spouse, your children, your family, they need to hear about Jesus. So tell them. Teach them. Make disciples. God wants you for that. Start at home, but then work out from there. Your friends, your neighbors, your relatives, they need to hear about Jesus too. Tell them. Teach them. Make disciples. God wants you for that. Continue to work out from there. Talk with your pastor, your church leaders. Find ways to reach the communities around Abiding Grace because they need to hear about Jesus. So tell them. Teach them. Make disciples. God wants you for that. Sometimes people say that when you go to heaven, you can't bring anything with you. No money, no clothing, no possessions. You can't take it with you. It's a nice little sentiment. It's designed to keep our priorities straight, but it's not entirely accurate. Because there is one thing you can bring with you to heaven. You can bring people. The people God has placed in your life you can bring them to heaven with you. So tell them. Teach them. Make disciples. God wants you for that. Earlier, I told you about James Flagg and that iconic Uncle Sam recruitment poster he designed. But there's just a little bit more to that story. You see, as James Flagg was designing his poster, he struggled mightily with what Uncle Sam should look like. Should he be older or younger, handsome or average looking? Should he be rugged or sophisticated? He didn't know. He was short on ideas, up against a tight deadline, and he didn't have a model to work with. But there was one thing James had. He had his reflection. You see, one day, James Flagg looked in the mirror and inspiration hit. He quickly sketched his own face, gave himself a white goatee, rather bushy eyebrows, long silver hair, and a tall top hat. And Uncle Sam was born. The man looking for answers on where to find more soldiers for the army well, he found his answer in the most unlikely spot. In the mirror. I think we can learn from James Flagg, don't you? Look around and see how we need soldiers in God's army. See how we need them in pulpits and classrooms, in homes and in neighborhoods. And as you look for the answer, on where to find those soldiers. Be like James Flagg and look in the mirror.
you are the answer. You are God's own soldier. You are a disciple maker. And make no mistake, God wants you for that. Amen. Please stand. The peace of God which goes beyond all understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds in our Savior Jesus. At this time, I invite you to turn to page 12 of your service folder as we confess our faith with Christians around the world using the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please be seated for the prayer of the church. Merciful Father, your kindness caused the light of the gospel to shine among us. Use us now as instruments of your love to reach out with the message of salvation to all people. Bless those who labor in mission fields near and far. Bless those studying for the public ministry and those considering it. Bless us here as we put into practice the ideas we discussed at Everyone Outreach last week. Help all of us take clear steps to sharing the good news we have in Jesus even more. Lord, in your mercy. Savior of all, this weekend our youth traveled to Gatlinburg to join with brothers and sisters in Christ from around our district for a weekend of fun, fellowship, faith, and skiing. Give us all safe travels and protection on the slopes. Help Christian friendships be formed and strengthened. Give the chaperones wisdom and strength. Let us all grow closer to you. Lord, in your mercy. Lord Jesus, you sent out your apostles to take the word to the ends of the earth. Today you send out your pastors and teachers to continue that work. Thank you for the work of Wisconsin Lutheran Seminary, Martin Luther College, and both of our preparatory high schools that prepare people for that calling. Bless our schools that teachers and students alike learn to treasure time with you as their most precious gift. Lord, in your mercy. Lord God, today we come to you on behalf of Bobby Rosales and her dad, Jack Sparks, who as of yesterday was looking like he'd be leaving this life soon. Give them both comfort with your promises and, and show them that you are with them through all things. Lord, in your mercy. And we pray for Angie Watson, who just found out that she has cancer. Bless her during this processing of the difficult news. Uh, allow the medical personnel to, to figure out ways to help her. If it's your will, restore her to full health and, and whatever happens, lead her to trust in you, to lean on you and to find comfort in, in you and what you have done and will do for her. Lord, in your mercy. And now hear us, Lord, as we bring you our private petitions.
We ask all these things in Jesus' name and join to pray the prayer he taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. At this time, we get to take the opportunity to give our gifts of thanks and praise to God in the form of our offering. As the offering is gathered, please do fill in the friendship registers.